All right, welcome. Finally, we can hear each other. You know, <laughs> it's great. It's great to have you. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thanks for your patience. That was wild. I'm excited. So you are here. Yeah, I'm excited to see what comes through. Yeah, I'm excited to see what comes through right now because I'm like, that audio was so weird. Uh, so you're a healer and uh, yourself been one your whole life and now you are on a journey where you're helping other healers do something right i wish we're going to get into uh so what's what's your story what's your your own story first off i love being called a healer like that feels so good to be able to own my title and to be able to own the responsibility and the duties of being a healer i I have a podcast called She Who Heals where I only interview healers and those who are devoted to the healing journey and helping others through their journey. And all of us have all said like being a healer was not a name that we were really able to own because it just wasn't talked about, it wasn't known, it wasn't taught. And I'm grateful that I get to be a part of this movement and I get to be a part of history and really help others understand what a healer is and that healers exist. So my story is really, really, you know, like many healers, very traumatic, lots of darkness that we went through at the beginning of our journey. I mean, we call it the dark night of the soul where the soul goes through like icky, dark um, experiences. I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. Mm -hmm. I became an adult while I became in my teens, right? I had a little bit more freedom in high school. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, I only knew what destruction was. Growing up in school, I remember hanging out with like the smart, funny, pretty healthy uh, students, Mm. but I felt so uncomfortable around them. Mm. The only thing I really knew was like dysfunction and trauma and crazy and Mm. aggressive and breaking the rules. Like I only knew that. So I hung out with those type of people and what we call now it's called trauma bonding so I was trauma bonding my way most of my life and so I was trauma experiencing bonding. trauma bonding. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So trauma bonding is pretty much people who have ex- have trauma still stored within them, right? Mm-hmm. They've experienced really uh, dangerous, they've experienced painful situations and that's still a big part of who they are, right? They identify that way. So then they find others who identify with their pain. They identify, but when you're identifying with this pain, it's more of you're identifying it as in like a victim, right? Not necessarily a warrior or someone who's overcome, which I wish I would have done, but I didn't do that when I was young. I just didn't have the tools or resources too. Um, So growing up into my teens, into adult years, I was really dysfunctional. I, I did a lot of bad things and I hung out with a lot of dangerous people and I was in a lot of dangerous situations. And I finally had a partner one day tell me, um, I don't ever want to see you as this person ever again, right? Because I had, a, I had, I had an explosive reaction to a situation and this explosive reaction really scared my partner and when i saw his tears and i saw his pain reflecting back to me right because it's all a reflection Mm. um i realized i don't want to live this way anymore Mm. and i found a healer on instagram and i fell in love with her energy and Mm. i'll be honest with you too fortune i saw her lifestyle 
So I also knew the way she was living was the way I wanted to live, right? She was lighting her stage, eating her organic produce, going to the gym whenever she wanted to, living in a beautiful apartment overlooking Miami, um, rolling up her joints with like pretty herbs and and marijuana. Like she was living so intentionally and so whole, like with so much wholeness. So I found her and I just became hooked with her energy, with her calls. We had one-on-one calls. She showed me what Reiki was. And in that moment and experience with her, I went through some deep healing. I went through some deep, deep healing, but the healing was able to show me as an observer my life rather than me being in the thick of my life. So instead I was able to zoom out and observe situations, observe certain relationships, observe observed that I wasn't a victim. I was actually being protected throughout most of my life. I was actually being strengthened most of my life. But for most of my journey, I was just victimizing myself. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's a kind of a long answer to my story. But I think that was a really good example of what my life was like and where I'm at now. Mm. Wow. So there's something called the healer's the healer's journey, you know. That, that you know. <laughs> so tell me about tell me about the healer's journey. The healer's journey is wild. Let's just say that. So pretty, pretty. It's a great example was the way our audio was terrible, right? Like you're 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 just keeping your composure. You're like it's fine, it's fine, it's all fine. But then it also feels like it's not fucking fine. Like this is frustrating. <laughs> mm. But so is life, right? So the healer's journey is something where you go through and it's typically, it's pretty lonely, which is why I'm so grateful. I'm in my role and I'm able to build a community of healers. So we're not so lonely. And I only say it's lonely because many healers come from a family where they are the chosen ones. They are the ones who are here to do different. And when you do different, you can be judged. When you do different, you can be shamed. When you do different, you start speaking up about the secrets. Mm. You start speaking up about the family's drama Mm -hmm. that like people don't want you to talk about, right? And it's like, well, energetically, if you keep things secret, they're just going to stay there and grow in the darkness. Like, Mm -hmm. no, we have to shine light on truth and let people feel seen and allow things to exist so we can overcome or we can grow, right? Yes. So the healer's journey is something that most healers will go through and it feels lonely, Mm. but it is the most magical journey because you start to notice your life shifting completely. You go from seeing destruction and feeling like life is just constantly an issue and a problem and just messy to actually seeing like the magic and the light and all what's possible. And it's crazy because in the healer's journey, you create your reality in lightning speed is what we call it. Like lightning speed, just things start happening. Mm-hmm. You say you want a house, all of a sudden you're buying a house. You say you want a new car, all of a sudden you have a new car. You say you want to learn how to set boundaries, all of a sudden you're setting boundaries. And there are things that are happening in your life that you thought you would never have the possibility to have mm-hmm. in your life. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a really, yeah, it's a journey of healing and mm-hmm. it's a journey of receiving and for healers, like, it, I don't know if that resonates with you, but for healers, someone who's receiving, it can be a challenge because we're so used to giving. Mm-hmm. And that's why the healer's journey requires a lot of like inward work and requires a lot of support because you're finally putting yourself first. And that could be really uncomfortable for people. 
mm-hmm. like be really uncomfortable for healers. And that's something we work a lot through in my business program. Mm-hmm. Like you can create the business and you can start offering and selling, but all of a sudden when you have to start taking care of yourself for it, I mean, cause you have a business, you understand that you have to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you are a big part of your business. Like you have to make sure you're feeling good. You're mm-hmm. feeling abundant. You're feeling confident. You're feeling like you're doing things that you love with confidence and right. Like you step deeper into who you are as a business owner. Yes. So as a healer, I give them assignments and homeworks like, okay, now it's time for you to do, to spend this whole week doing only things you love. Mm-hmm. Like only do things you love, do things that make you happy. And mm-hmm. that can be the hardest thing for most of the healers because they're like, well, what makes me happy? Like, what do I love? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's where you get the most breakthroughs because then you start to realize like, wow, I've, I haven't been focused on my happiness or love for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you do that, you become very abundant and mm-hmm. you make a lot more money when you love yourself. That's a secret I'll share with your audience. <laughs> yes. Yes. When you love so, so there's there's a, there's a few things there. What's, what's, what what does that love yourself? Now, when you see self love, if I type self love and go to images, what I'm gonna find is um, a, lady, a, a naked lady in the bathtub with 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 with, um, with a smoke in her hand and wine. Is that what self love is? Like, what's what's self love? I mean, if that woman has she if she was maybe suffering from body image, and all of a sudden. She's loving herself, or maybe this woman went through a divorce and she was ridiculed for the, her body, or you know what I mean? Like so that, now, that so could that, be self-love. That is that self-love. Could totally. Mm. Yeah. So self-love is not is not. I'm I'm trying to get it right. So self-love is not. It's not one thing or one action. You know. So mm-hmm. how would how would everybody understand it from your concept? Like what? How would everybody understand what that thing is so that they can apply it in, individually for themselves? I love that question so much. So what self-love is, is I honestly say self-love is an all day working assignment, like classwork, like homework assignment, like Hmm. self-love requires you to always observe the way you're talking to yourself, observe the way you're talking about yourself. Hmm. And it's self-love is like giving yourself so much compassion and grace Hmm. and start treating yourself as if you would treat your best friend. Like, I know it's a really cliche thing to say, but I don't think we really realize the way we talk about ourselves or the way we talk to ourselves when no one's looking or the way we talk about ourselves when it comes to like our truth. Right. So I, for me, self-love is like being very observant of how you're talking to yourself and what you're saying about yourself. And when you notice it being negative or you notice it being critical I think criticism for me was really the gateway to opening up deep Mm self-love and in opening up that deep self-love, I've been able to make bigger risks in my business. I've Mm. been able to grow and expand deeper. I've been able to hire a team. I've been able to make more income Mm. and it's because I had to stop being so critical on myself. Mm. So self-love is like, how are you talking to yourself? How are you talking about yourself? Mm-hmm. right and then it's like how can you shift everything into compassion and grace like mm-hmm. an activity I like to do and I'll share with your audience is at the end of the day and this is something I've studied right like I've studied how to create sales calls I've studied sales I've stu- I studied the business most of the freaking time strategy is nice but it's all going to come from mindset whenever you talk to a millionaire billionaire most of, I won't say billionaire because I haven't 
I haven't stepped into that realm yet. I know billionaires are like a whole other level of energy, but when you, when you speak and you study really wealthy CEOs, you notice a lot of them are talking about mindset. It's about how you talk about yourself, how you feel about yourself, Mm -hmm. what you think you're even worthy of. Right. Mm -hmm. And something I've learned is at the end of each day, or maybe at the end of a project, right? Like at the end of this podcast, at this end of this interview, you write down six things that you thought you did really freaking well in. And it's a six to one ratio. And then you go and write down one thing you you want to grow in, right? Like I want to grow in this area. Mm-hmm. So it's a six to one ratio of you realizing like, fuck, I'm still a badass. Like I did all of these six amazing things, but I can still grow in this one area. And so it's not putting so much pressure on you of like, you have to do this, 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 and this, and you can never do this again. Like you have to get way better like chill out. It's not that serious. Like mm-hmm. it's not a race. It's more of the journey to growing. Mm-hmm. It's more of the experience of how you're treating yourself in the process, because whether you believe in energy or not, we all share auras and we all share energy. So if you're, if you, like, I could go really deep into energy and I love that I'm a business coach because this is why my clients are so, so successful immediately because of the deep inner work that we do. Mm-hmm. And it could be so simple. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's identifying your six celebrations and wins and then identifying that one area of growth. Mm-hmm. One area of growth. Yeah. So, so six things that you, you thought you did very well, or is that what you said? Or you thought you could do very well? Is, what, what, what's the first? Yeah, six things you did great in. Yeah, mm-hmm. six things you did great in. Mm-hmm. Okay, then, um, so this is the past. So six things you did great in, then mm-hmm. acknowledging that and okay, what's the one thing you could you could you could make improvements on? Yes. Yes. You you you, you touched on trauma bonding, you know, and I think that was that was an interesting concept. What what's that like? How do, how does somebody understand that? Ooh. Okay. So we're going we're reversing back into some deep healing conversation. Mm. So trauma bonding is. Let me, let me break this down in a way that might be digestible and understandable. Mm-hmm. We all have that friend or let me think. Okay. I wanted to go somewhere, but now I'm like, I don't know if that's going to make sense. Mm-hmm. So with trauma bonding, let me just say that we are a reflection of the what's in front of us. Mm-hmm. We reflect like universe is great at what it does. Like universe is really, really, really brilliant. Like we live in a very brilliant, brilliant world. And I say that because we hold the power to create anything we want. And the only thing that stops us from getting there is the self-love and believing that we're worthy of it and that we can actually have what we want. Mm. So God and universe are brilliant. Mm. Well, with trauma bonding we have this attachment to spending time with people who are dysfunctional, spending time with people who are stuck in their, their mud, their dirt, right? So that's more unhealthy behaviors. And we find those unhealthy behaviors to be healthy. For example, my past relationship, it was very unhealthy. The way we even met included alcohol, it included partying, but for me, it wasn't as bad as what I've been used to, so Mm -hmm. I thought it was okay. 
Well, again, it was very dysfunctional and it ended in a very dysfunctional way. Mm -hmm. But when I, when that ending happened, I was finally, I had worked on my healing with my healer. Mm -hmm. So I was starting to see what healthy behavior was. Mm -hmm. And instead of attaching to this person, when they did not want our relationship to end, when they wanted to stay connected, I said, we are very dysfunctional. We're not healthy for one another. Mm -hmm. So that was me ending a trauma bond. Mm -hmm. So it's being realistic with yourself of what is a healthy habit and what is an unhealthy habit. Mm -hmm. And for me, unhealthy was abusive, um, excessive, right? Like, I don't think anything extreme is healthy. Like, yeah, I'm a healer, but I'm not talking about healing 24 seven of my life. Like, my partner is—he doesn't claim to be a healer, even though I really believe he is a healer. But it's like, it's—it's it's all balance, right? Like we're not living an extreme lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I believe extreme lifestyle is unhealthy. I because mm-hmm. I believe in balance. I believe balance is what's healthy. Mm-hmm. And so, in trauma bonding, it's really being mindful of the relationships you're in, and if you guys are building a relationship and an energetic connection based on healthy behaviors, right? Do you guys feel good with one another? Are you, are you growing with one another? Are you guys encouraging one another? Or are you guys engaging in harmful activity, wild activity, right? Like, and I mean, wild as in like a negative way, like wild as in um, dangerous behavior. Did that make sense? Yes. Also, even people. people okay, great. So what, what you're saying, what, what, what do you think about support groups then, you know? um like support groups where people of the same traumatic um uh, association get to sit down and bond you know in, in one way or form like what do you think about those kind of support groups so i think support groups are amazing mm. and i also think that there has to be a hybrid experience mm. i believe support groups are perfect but i also believe a hybrid experience of one-on-one support from a professional mm-hmm. or one-on-one support from someone who's not part of the group and I say this because, and it's so interesting, no one's ever asked me this before, but, and I've never told anyone this before, but when I was about 18, 19, I was actually arrested, again, dysfunctional um, behavior. And when I was arrested, one of the, the judge told me I had to attend a support group. And in the support group, it was based on narcotics. And this support group, I was like, oh my God, I should not be here. Like, this is not who I am. I, I'm not addicted to narcotics like this. Like this was age groups between, I believe, 18 and mm. above. Mm. And there was, I mean, in my group, I had about 18 to 50 year olds. Mm. And I was like, I, I should be here. But I was actually observing. And the reason why I say support and hybrid is because there are times where people in your support group, they, they will trigger you, right? Mm. Because humans aren't perfect humans aren't perfect. So yeah, you're all coming together and you're like sharing your experiences with what you're struggling with and what you're overcoming. Mm. But there's most likely going to be an experience where someone comes and they trigger you. Maybe Mm. they've fallen deeper into this Mm. activity that you guys are trying to overcome. Maybe they are triggering you and reminding you of someone, right? And so in the support group, yeah, it's great to have and hear stories and share and be seen. But then I also believe in that one-on-one so you can have a safe space to express and process maybe something you've experienced in the support group or something else that you are experiencing outside the support group. So yes, I believe support groups are great, but I also think one-on-one is really important if you were looking to really overcome Mm -hmm. and 
build a stronger relationship with yourself so nothing else breaks you. Hmm. Okay, so let me see if I'm hearing this right. Um, support groups are, are great for what they do. Support and share, share stories, right? But when it comes to the development and the bonding needed, you know, to, to take you to the next level, it requires, it requires a pull or a push. And that, but that, that has to be somebody who, 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 who has the ability to be able to do that. And that, that's probably not someone who shares the same, the same, the same story. And not, 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 not physical story of what had happened, but the same mental story, the same, um, this, this somebody staying in the mud with you, you know, cannot pull you out of the mud. So, um, so suppose books are good for what it did. Am I, did I get that right? Absolutely. Uh, Perfect. Okay, so what made you say, you know what, I'm going to start helping, you know, I mean, I'm going to start helping, um, uh, I'm going to start helping healers, you know, with your business. God. Mm. I literally say God. So I had been working with my healer. I realized what I was doing as a full-time teacher in East LA did not make sense. Mm. I was overworked. Mm. I was overworked. I was underpaid. And my future looked like shit being mm. a full-time teacher. I was like, I'm miserable now. I cannot imagine doing this for 10, 20, 30 years and retiring. Mm. So I realized I just need to do what I love right? How I mentioned self-love, like start talking to yourself and doing what you love and trusting yourself, which is what I teach my healers to do. Mm -hmm. So in the process of doing what I love, I started going deeper into healing and mm -hmm. I became Reiki certified. I studied Reiki because I wanted to do more Reiki. That's what my healer introduced me to. I started sharing online about what healing was. Mm -hmm. I started processing more of what I was experiencing as a child in mm -hmm. my journal and meditation. Mm -hmm. I started going on walks with my inner child. Literally, I would take my I would go on a walk and I would pretend that my seven-year-old self was walking with me and I would talk to her and I would show her plants and I would mm. talk to her about bugs and because mm. growing up, I loved that. So mm. it was very healing for me, right? Mm. And most of my days were spent just healing myself mm. and listening to YouTubes, Abraham Hicks talking about, um, what is Ab law of attraction, mm. right? And so in the process of that, I stopped hanging out with dysfunctional people. Mm. I stopped engaging in dysfunctional behavior and then I started going to church a little bit more because that just made me feel good. I got to sing. I got to worship. Mm -hmm. I got to be around people who wanted to do better for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then the Bible really taught me like mm -hmm. what healthy lifestyle was. If you study Proverbs Monday mm -hmm. through or every day of the week, there's a Proverbs for the day. Mm -hmm. And I just started studying about Proverbs. And then I was like, oh, this is what money can mean. This is what it means to have boundaries, right? Because Proverbs in the Bible will teach you that. Mm. So I just I just started building this new lifestyle. Mm. And a business coach popped up on my Instagram and it was like, I'm here to teach you how to make $5,000 a month. And I was like, I need that. Mm. <laughs> I need to learn how to make $5,000 a month because mm. your girl quit her job. <laughs> She's in a master's program. Mm. I'm really smart. Like I, I can figure this out. Mm. Um, and then I had a healer who I saw making it work. Um, I, I, I remember working, um, so yeah, anyways, so I hired my business coach and I faced a lot of challenges and I realized business takes time. 
building a business takes time and it's very important that you are doing the energy work Mm. just as much as you're doing the strategy work and yeah just as much as you're doing build like just as much as you're doing when it comes to like knowing who you're here to sell to creating the offer going onto sales calls like yeah all that's great Mm. but we also have to do the energy work we also Mm. have to understand the power of our manifestations the power of our mind the power of healing most of the time when people most of the time when my clients do not sell their services there was something that was blocking them there was something that they were afraid of right and one of my clients shared with me that she was struggling to sell and she was like i need to make money right and so then it became about money so i went through a healing experience with her and she was realizing how much forgiveness was actually needed to take place to free herself from what she was creating in her head. So her energy wasn't going towards clients doing those sales call. Her energy wasn't going towards serving them. It was going towards what she didn't have, what she was afraid of and what she was worried about and anything that was happening in her past. So in the process of that, we healed it. She jumped on her next sales call and sold her service within 20 minutes and raised her price. Like, I was like, oh, okay, you just sold that for this much. And <laughs> so you're a healer that helps healers heal their businesses, you know, basically. Um, so, so now you're, you're still healing, but you're healing their energy, their, their entrepreneurial energy, their, you know, and you're healing them from, from a different place. So you talk about energy work when it comes to being thinking entrepreneurially or taking one's passion or one's gift and making that something that serves people and ends up being profitable. Um, What is the energy work? Uh, What's that? Hmm, Good question. Thank you for asking it. Energy work is pretty much what story you're taking to a situation. Hmm. What story are you creating for this experience? Hmm. What story are you creating what story are you creating? That's literally energy, right? And most of the time, whatever is blocking us from what we want, it's because we're creating a story that doesn't get us what we want. Mm-hmm. So I can't make this sell because, or a good an example of mine is, I can't buy a house because I'm still in debt. Mm-hmm. Well, if I tell myself that, of course, I'm not going to have a house. Mm-hmm. And then I can create this whole story that I'm not worthy enough. I mm-hmm. I, I'm not even worthy of making money because I'm still in debt, right? And it just becomes this domino effect of like, mm. I suck, I'm not good enough. Mm. And we don't have time for that. Like you don't, we don't, we really don't have time for that, especially when we can have what we want. Mm. So energy to me is what story are you creating for yourself? What story are you creating for every experience? Because we each have the power to create that story. Mm. And if you don't like the story, Amanda Francis has mentioned this before and it really stuck with me. If you don't like a story, Imagine just blowing it up, get rid of it. And that energy just blows up and goes away. And it could literally be that simple. Mm -hmm. Um, But in my client work, I do sit and I actually have them process their story because in the process of story, in the process of identifying your story, asking yourself where that story came from, because typically if it's a blocked story, it didn't come from you. Mm -hmm. It most likely came from someone who needs to be doing their own work as well. So it's freeing yourself from other people's beliefs. It's freeing yourselves from other people's stories, Mm. right? Because most of the time it comes from our parents. 
and God bless our parents. They did the best they could with all they had. Well, that's just humanity. That's what humans do. We're always progressing, right? We are always, I'm trying to think of the biological word, but we're just always progressing. We're always adapting, right? So yeah, there we go. Evolving. We can even say a word, but I I think of adaptation, right? Like we're always adapting to our environment Mm -hmm. and naturally children are wiser than their parents because I mean, we can think about energetics, but that's just, that's just the simplicity of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's very simple and it's okay to forgive your parents for whatever they did, Mm -hmm. but also start realizing like, now you have the power to recreate and create whatever you want in life. Mm -hmm. So that's what energy is to me. It's Mm -hmm. understanding that you create the story Mm -hmm. and what story are you creating? What have you noticed when it comes to the healers who come to you? What what is the biggest shift for them? Like what, like, what do you see that if they, whenever they flip that that whenever they flip that switch, ooh, it, it makes the biggest shift for them. So something probably they're doing wrong right now. They're approaching maybe not wrong, but just just the approach when that flips is makes the biggest impact for them. I love this question. Thank you for asking it. I would say the biggest shift is the way they view their pricing, Mm. the way they view their pricing. Mm. Most healers, every healer that comes to me is not charging for their services Mm. because different reasons. Mm. And I'm probably going to trigger a lot of people right now. And I have triggered Mm. people online. That's just the online life anyways. Mm. Um, But we have this, dysfunctional way of thinking that healing has to be free well why am I going to charge for something that helps someone Mm -hmm. how are you going to be able to give yourself water or food if you can't buy it and Mm -hmm. have it Mm -hmm. nothing in life is free right like it's really that simple like this internet connection it's not free this cell phone I have it's not free I love to pay it and I'm grateful to be able to pay it. It's a b- blessing and a privilege yeah. to even have this cell phone in front of me, mm-hmm. right? So when I teach my healers how important their self-care is, because if they're not taking care of themselves and they're stressed, they're overwhelmed, they don't feel supported, they don't feel like they're taking care of, mm-hmm. how are they ever going to be able to help someone else? Mm-hmm. No, they're not. So my healer, when I, when I break down pricing in our calls, typically this happens in our group calls. When Mm. I break down pricing, I break down, I'll show them how much they're charging now, Mm. how many clients they're going to need to be able to pay their bills. That doesn't even include their self-care. That doesn't even include their own healing. That Mm. doesn't include their membership to their fitness gym to practice whatever mental health or physical health, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's, 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 there's so much self-care that comes into being an entrepreneur and just being a human like Mm. this journey is not always easy Mm. and when I break down the pricing they start to realize how much they're undervaluing and undercharging Mm. so then we so then I create there's new pricing for them I'm Mm. like let's start here what if you charge this and again it's all about breaking it down I break it down I break it down and how much that'd be individual sessions I even asked them, I was like, would you pay that much for your healing? And they were like, absolutely, I'd pay more. And I said, then why do you think there are people in the world who aren't going to pay this? Mm-hmm. We're actually, we're actually giving people, a, we're teaching more victim mentality. And I hate that. I literally hate that. I hate when I have 
okay, I don't want to go too deep into this, but I'll be honest about my triggers. I've had people tell me how rude it is that you charge for healing. And I think I'm not going to victimize clients. I'm not going to victimize people. I'm not going to say, I feel so bad for you that you don't have money. So I'm going to help you for free. free. Rude. Like, you know what I mean? Like rude. Don't victimize me. Don't make me feel like I need your help. Like, yeah, I, I, I want your help. I don't need it, but I want it. And I'm going to do what I have to take. I'm going to have to do, I'm going to do what it needs to take, do what I need to do to get it. You know what I mean? Does that, does that make sense? It's like this victim mentality that we can create and thinking we're helping people when in reality, it's, 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 it's kind of acting like you're superior and better than someone. So you have to give away for free. Like, no, no, make people do what you do. Like work hard for what you want. Right. And it's also, and, and then it, it heals people's relationship with money. It really heals people's relationship with money. Like I want to work with this healer and this is how much she charges. Why don't I think I'm worthy of paying that? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, why don't I think I'm worthy of that? I know she's going to change my life because healers literally we, we change lives 1000%. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, what, so how, 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 how do you put a price on that? Right. Price <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. So it's basically, it's basically um, you have, you, their their mindset of money shifting their mindset of money is the biggest is probably the most impactful thing that they can do just seeing money differently their relationship with money differently that's that affecting affecting their prices that that's not affecting their just even their 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 worth you know in, in the worth of how they see themselves and how they evaluate what they do and everything and now they start really coming from a place of i am enough for this now let me figure out the other the other pieces that are needed to put this thing in place mm. wow so- and also additionally like i'll just add to that mm. it's it, what makes my client so successful immediately like i i can't say this enough how successful my clients are mm. i think i need to get stronger in my marketing because i don't think i share this enough like mm. they're so successful and it's because of the energy mm. it's not because they just raise their prices and they master what a sales call is they master the manipulation of sales they master listening and sales yeah mm. that's all part of it and mm. i mean manipulation in the best way right like healers we're only here to help mm. we're only here to give like we're not we're not doing any damage mm. so it's the belief in the pricing it's mm. the belief in the pricing mm. i can teach healers over and over again I can teach them and teach them and teach them mm. how to do a sales call. But if they don't believe in their pricing, mm. th- it's, it's almost impossible to make that sell. Mm. So that's why they're so successful. They believe in the number, they believe in the pricing, and then they radiate that belief energetically. They radiate that belief and the person in front of them might get uncomfortable, but they're like, I really believe in this service. Mm. And healers don't even have to say that. I believe in my service, so I'm going to offer it to you. They don't have to say that. It's already embedded within them. They're already radiating that belief. Mm. So the person in front of them believes in it too. Mm. And it's, they make a sell, they change lives, and they keep, they do it all over again. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, wow. And for those who, who are really, so before, before we go, go into that, actually, you have a business background of some sort, you know, you, 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 you touched on, yeah. So I actually have an education background. Most of my, I have an education background and I have a healing background. So I've done Reiki certification. I've done the yoga teacher trainings. I've done the meditations. I've done the energy work. I will like to study shamanism at some point, but I also have a background in education. 
And most of my business wisdom is actually just embedded within me. I study a lot on my own, but when it comes to like credential minds and education, which I'm super grateful for, because that's why I'm so successful as well. I teach from an educator's standpoint. Mm -hmm. I teach business, I teach healing and incorporating the two mm -hmm. from an educator standpoint. So I'm actually able to create content and create material for the needs of any client in front of me. I can automatically know how to shift my content and shift my lessons and sh even shift the activities for them to mm. do and implement to their business. I can immediately shift that to meet their needs mm. because that's what I've, I, yeah, I, I, I have the experience, mm. the education um, and background in that mm. as well as managing trauma, mm. <laughs> managing um, energy. Okay. Well, I mean, um, it's great to have you today. So for those who want to work with you, who are saying, you know what, I connect with her message. I want to work with her. How can they work with you? I really love my Instagram. There's so much value there. My mm -hmm. highlights are filled right now. If you're interested in doing energy work and you want to work with me, I'm actually doing a Reiki course coming up. We are going to be meeting in June, August, mm -hmm. and October. Mm. So you can reach out to me via DM at mm. Alyssa K. Barrios. My podcast is She Who Heals. If you want to study more about what a healer is, mm. episode one literally is, what is a healer? Mm. And if you're actually ready to start diving into building your business, if you're interested in doing it from an energetic healing standpoint, so you mm. can receive immediately, mm. um, then I'm also taking one-on-one -on -one clients. So mm. yeah. All right. Infinite ways. <laughs> and, and your podcast is on, uh, where can they find your podcast as well? Right now, it's just on Spotify and Spotify. YouTube. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Spotify and YouTube. Perfect. All right. Thank you very much for coming today. And it's great to have you. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me.